Danielle. Welcome to Sister yeah, Brunch. Thanks for being here again. I'm Anya Adams. And I'm Phantom Cox. We have an amazing guest today. I am so excited that she's Me here with too. us. But the whole reason we get together is to have black women, the sisters, talk about what it's like to work in entertainment. And uh, who we've had better some to do it with than Kelly Edwards? Thank yeah, you. pretty much, I would because say that. She's done a ton of things. Yeah, what has she done? Like, I you want to get into it in already? this bio here? It says she's worn many hats. <laughs> she, I, I like have. that. You, how she's many a many hats? Hat she's not wearing a hat today. <laughs> she's, she's and wearing, I have very big hair. So that you you do. imagine how difficult it is. I'm we right. all look cute with our headsets on. It's but, true, yes. Um, but now the hat she's wearing is, is SVP of Talent Development for Warner Media Entertainment. And that covers HBO, Turner, and Warner Brothers. Yeah. And uh, you oversee emerging talent programs for series, films, and miniseries. Is that right? As an example is HBO Access, which is this incredible program that is churning out some beautiful, beautiful short films that have gone to festivals. She was also a key corporate diversity executive at Comcast NBC Universal for five years. And she oversaw 20 divisions. 20. Just a couple. And yeah, just a little bit. Um, she launched employee resource groups, introduced diverse creative talent to NBC, USA, Sci-Fi, Bravo, and Telemundo. Um, her career has also spanned TV and film. She produced the movie of the week, A Christmas Detour for Hallmark, the one-hour series Sex, Love, and Secrets for UPN, and, okay, I love this part. This is this excites me. <laughs> Girlfriends, this is like so sister brunch. Um, yeah, she helped develop the series Girlfriends, um, The Parkers, Malcolm in the Middle, Clueless, and The Wild Thunder. Which incidentally, Malcolm in the Middle was the first show I ever worked in in the industry oh, as kidding. a DJ trainee. I love oh, it. So thank you yes, for that. that's connection. right. I know. Because that's of exciting. Kelly. All yeah. because of Kelly. Yes. So Kelly is a connector. Like yes. Kelly, Kelly is so about Sometimes I even say she's a little too much about helping others because this woman needs a publicist. This woman needs You've like been five. To get me to do that for a it's while. It's true. Now. Five assistants like this. The, so I and I so I want to quickly talk about color entertainment, which yes. Kelly co-created, um, co-founded. When do I get to jump in? We're Never. gonna get it. We're gonna. But we just love you. Okay. Um, you I love Kelly minutes. so much. I wore makeup today. That's oh. So much. I know. Oh my gosh. That's the only reason. Okay. Anyway. Um. So oh yeah. Goodness. So color. Color Entertainment is an amazing networking group uh, where you assign mentors to, you know, kind of emerging people, executives, which is one of a, a one of a kind. Like it does. A, we do a, quite a few things. We've we've been going for 19 years. Next year will be our 20th year. Congratulations. I know. It's exciting. I it, when you look back and you go, oh, wow, that was, you know. It was just, years it ago. feels yeah, like the time has flown by yeah. in so many ways. But we, it's an, a networking group for creative executives of color. We span the TV, film, and digital groups, you know, out here in Hollywood. And the original idea was that we were usually feeling, you know, there were a handful of us creative executives, and we were pretty much the only person of color at our company or yeah. on our floor, and we were feeling very isolated. Mm -hmm. And we thought, well, why don't we get in a room? You know, all of us could fit in a room, so we should get in a room. And our first <laughs> um, dinner we had was, I think it was 34 executives. That was total we could find. 34. 34, right. and you had a dinner at Offvine. 
And then what we started to do was, on a regular basis, we started to have potluck dinners, essentially. Mm -hmm. It was sort of, you know, getting together with a group of people, whoever could make it. And then whoever had a, an expense account would expense somebody <laughs> who didn't have an expense account. Love it. Uh, yes. we, we gathered together at uh, Manhattan Wonton, which no longer exists anymore, oh, but it was in Beverly Hills. Okay. And we just started to network, and we realized that by working together, we would stay working longer. Yes. You know, yes. we had a... a um, we had people who could advocate for us. We had a system of, you know, sharing job openings. We would we would find that there was a lot of support that we could give each other, mm. just in navigating the whole culture of uh, of Hollywood. And that turned into, I think, eight years in, we ended up starting to have conversations with network presidents. So we would invite a network president, and Jeff Zucker was our very oh, wow. first at NBC. That's really fantastic. And yeah. the the ulterior motive with that was to say, look, we're going to give you 50 executives at all levels in entertainment for you to come and meet so that you could no longer say, well, we looked and we couldn't find it. Yes. yes, yes. So we started to do that, and then as we've grown, you know, we entered uh, into working with more uh, more of our assistants and now we have a mentoring program which has been going on I think for four or five years now and it's been pretty amazing to bring up that next generation they are a very robust group absolutely and they do their own events during the year as yes. well um, and then we do a lot of other panels and you mm -hmm. know networking events so we do uh, a ton of things during the year yeah. and we have a board now we are yes. just now 501c3 ah. and we're hoping to launch a leadership program this is a one-of-a-kind there are lots of programs for writers lots sure. of diversity programs but to really think about the executives where these decisions get made right you've got mentors connecting and they get to see people that look like them right the assistants see people that sure. look like them actually right. doing the job and i just love it the great thing about having you here today is because that's kind of what this podcast is yes. about pulling back this veil of yep. what are all the jobs behind the scenes and this is something that people don't talk about a lot they talk about directors they talk about dps they talk about actors but the executives that are in charge of you know taking these ideas and creating them right. helping create them that's a huge job yeah. i think we forget in this industry we forget that we you know that there are a lot of things we have institutional knowledge that we just forget to disseminate you know we we need to lift that veil we need to make sure that we're not flying blind that we all have access to the, to the right information yeah. that you get when you grow up in enter entertainment if you well, grow up in an entertainment family that you know what wrong. the and of course does, we don't yeah. right DVD this is does. part of the thing is that right. we don't have a lot of access to you know to family members or otherwise um so actually let's take it back to how you grew up and how Ooh. you ended up deciding right i'm kind of like talking about what what happens if you don't necessarily have that access but you were here at least so I think that kind of makes a big difference a lot right. of our guests were kind of grew up elsewhere but what what did that mean for you and how did you end up doing what you do well and my both of my parents uh, my mother and my stepfather and my previous stepfather were all in the, in the dental business so oh, I always no say way. if you want to know you know what a malocclusion looks like you know, I can help identify your, your you know, your dental issues <laughs> really, really amazing. quickly. I keep my mouth closed yeah. through the rest of this. I'm like, oh, God. I feel yeah. like I, you know, I know way too much about um, about dentistry. So, um, so so all to say, your family was not in the industry. They were not you in the industry. You did not inherit any no. knowledge But from my mother and I lived in this tiny little apartment um, off of Bedford Drive, and I went to Beverly High. But I went to dance class um down Pico and I had to take a bus mm. oh, down Pico okay. and every day I would go by 
20th Century Fox. Or I guess oh, it was wow. yeah, 20th Century at that time. Okay. So I would go by Fox, and I would look up, and I'd go, I really want to work there. But Ooh, I knew yeah. very, very Love early it. on, I'm going to say as early as 13, that I wanted to work behind the scenes. I did not want to be in front of the camera. Yeah. I felt mm. very comfortable about having that kind of spotlight on me. My mother mm. had a very close friend who, um, who worked at 20th at one point, and okay. I kept getting posters and... Um, and at the time, LPs. <laughs> you know, I had grease. Like there were all these yes. re- really great things that sort of the perks of the job. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I really wanted to be in entertainment. And every afternoon after school, I was watching the ABC 330 movie, and you know, watching Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. And I just had this whole history of desperately wanting to, you know, be a dancer. But they, Kelly. you know, musicals were no longer no, a thing no, anymore. Yeah. So that was not going to be an option, <laughs> unfortunately. I had to find something else to do. So I give I give up dancing, and little do I know that the year after, I think it was the year after I got into school, that's when MTV came along. Oh. And I was like, I could have <laughs> been a <laughs> MTV been so dancer. Yes. Oh. But, In um, living color. I, I, I would have been a fly girl, <laughs> yes. for sure. Yes. But... Um, so I get into college and I ended up in a theater on the theater track, but loving the written word. And so mm, I was yes. I was going to be a, um, an English uh, minor. And when I got out of school, I knew that I wanted to be in the business. And as every single job I've ever had in the entire history of my career, my first job out of school was a, a hookup from a friend. Yeah. So Network is important. Network is everything. So I ended up uh, coming out, and a friend of mine who was working for Dolores Robinson at the time, she was between assistants, she needed someone for a month. And he said, you know, he was working for her. He was waiting for the permanent assistant to come in. He said, I can't do this month. Can you come in? Mm. And so um, so I worked for her for about a month. And across the the courtyard from Dolores's office was a place called The Casting Company, run by Jane Jenkins okay. and Janet Hershenson, yeah. who it was, they were casting some of the biggest movies at the time. All of John Hughes' movies mm-hmm. were yeah, were cast by them. Um, they were doing uh, Stand By Me at the time, oh, Willow, which was Ron Howard's oh, yes, first movie. Yes. Um, and so we had this, I had this fantastic entree into the business. And I thought casting was going to be my thing because I thought, oh, I'm really good with... Wait, can I just stop you? So sure. you were assisting and then you just across the street was or across the way was this casting company and you wandered over there and started working there? I wandered over there. I wandered (laughs) over there and I said, are you looking for anybody? And they happened to be looking for a receptionist. Amazing. It was a tiny little office. It was the two casting directors. There was a woman named Jill um, who was assisting uh, Janet and Jane at the time. Um, Janet's husband, uh, Michael, was there. And me, again, as, you know, the, the connection process sort of continued, I was working there for a while realized that I didn't want to be a casting person. And I mm-hmm. realized that because I was looking for who makes the decisions. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you realize that casting people don't make uh-huh. the decisions. Um, right. I had a great time working there, though. They were amazing people. But Denise happened to be friends with a guy named Jerry Przygian. Okay. So Jerry Przygian was a had just come off of a, um, off of running um, the Jeffersons with his partner Don Siegel at wow. the time, and they were looking for an assistant. Yes. And so I went to work oh for goodness. Siegel and Persigian and had a great time. Again, I was um, really felt as though I was finding the thing that I really wanted to do, which mm. was to be a writer. Mm. And so I went to work for them as a uh, writer's assistant. We, I was probably there for about a couple of years, and they had a show on the air um, on CBS, and I got to see the you know the whole production process. That's great. And we were in development with some amazing talent at the time. Wow. 
and we were, we did that for for a few years. Uh, and can we just mention, Kelly, that obviously you were working really well at these jobs? Because <laughs> I think this is something that you try to impart on the folks that you interview for access or that you kind of help nurture is that once you get these jobs, if you want to continue and have this kind of quote unquote luck or these connections, it's yeah. because when you get there, you work your tail off. Absolutely. So that then they, you know, I mean, I just, sure, and sure, I th sure. feel like we can't say that enough is that if you get that opportunity, you have you know, to be the best you possibly don't take yeah. it for granted right and, and, and learn as much as you possibly yeah, can. yeah like humility is important right? right that you don't walk in saying i already know this but you just you're open to right. learning everything yeah and raise your hand every single time yes. someone says they need something or try to anticipate yes. what they might need yep. so long story short we i was there i was sort of batted around between working in production and in development on the tv side to the film side and back and forth after a while i, I ended up working as my uh a story editor for Gary Marshall. And I worked for him for about two years. <laughs> we're all just over here, like, fainting over he was all great. the folks. Just like, Gary Marshall. What a, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. He was wonderful. Oh, wow. So I worked there, but then when the deal came up uh, and he decided he wanted to really just be a director for hire at that point, we, uh, I ended up realizing that I wanted to go back to television because of the pace. The pace was just a little bit better for me. I okay. liked moving quickly and having a lot of projects on my plate. And so I uh, interviewed for a job at Fox. Um, at the time, they called it FBC. And this oh. is back in the old days. Um, <laughs> and I interviewed for what was called the minority manager position. So not a lot of people know this, wow. but I was a diversity hire. What? Yes. Wait, minority Kelly, mi right, and it was that's called right. minority. Yeah, that's right. Wait, that's like, meaning you seems... were hired in order to do diversity before it was called diversity. No, so, okay. you were hired I was, because as, you were as the minority. They <laughs> yeah. were like, she's the yo. Right. Hey, you are listening to Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and me, Fanchon Cox. We will be right back. Join our community on Twitter at Sister Brunch and also on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. All right. Hey, y'all, we're back. I'm Anya Adams. And I'm Fanchin Cox. Kelly Edwards, part two. It's going to be great. Can I just ask you a quick question? Just on your way up, you were in a multitude of jobs. When you were in those jobs, did you feel like you had um, a goal to get to this next job, or were you just in that job, kind of absorbing, mm. and then things came up to no, you? No, I wanted, I wanted more. And I think at the time, you have to remember the 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 whole industry was in a different place than it is now. Yeah. Now you can get into a job, and you can be in that job for years. Yeah. Right. Back then, if you didn't move every two years, you were considered not hot. You were not. Oh, you had to move every other every two years. Really? So executives would move back and forth. You know, there was a big. It was a big shuffle always oh, happening. Like, so. Another interesting thing I'm thinking about about that period was, and you know, you've said like then you were hired as the minority manager. You must have been really alone. Like were you? Were you? Oh yeah, yeah. You were no, the, you only were the only, only one, one all the time. <laughs> okay, right? so like. <laughs> when I got the job, the first thing that one of my um, previous bosses, Steve Tao, who's now over at the CW, amazing man. So Steve Tao, who I'd worked with at Disney Touchstone years before, 
he he calls me up and he says, all right, I need you to do one thing for me when you get this job. Go down to the second floor. I was on the third floor. Go down to the second floor and meet a woman named Rose Catherine Pinkney. <laughs> and I met her. She was the first person I met when I got the job. She's one of my closest friends. Yes. Wow. She was my lifeline. Okay. Because... Again, was I was it. on a floor was... where I was the only yes. one. Yeah, right. So let okay. me fast forward yes. to a, through a lot of this and okay. just sort of say that um, I was really fortunate to be at Fox at a time when their diversity was a very, very important um, part of the process. And, and I was usually the person in the casting rooms raising my hand and saying, can't we make this more diverse? Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was a loudmouth. And I did not realize that, you know, then a few years, there'd be a way for me to make money off of right, that. Right, right. Yeah. But I was constantly having those conversations. And when I went to run comedy for UPN, I made it very clear that I was never going to put something on the air where the pitch started off, this takes place in the ghetto. Like, oh, I had to make yes. a decision that we were going to see other shades of life, mm -hmm. middle yes. class life yes. and upper class life. Mm. And that's why Girlfriends looks the way that it does, because yes. I think that there was a definite conversation about, let's see women who are actually achieving, yeah, who are doing well. Yeah, yeah, um, right. And let's see what that looks like. Yeah. How did you draw that line between, you know, being a loudmouth because you had to be, because you were like, I'm not going to sit here and watch this. But where, where did you stop? so that you didn't get fired. I think yeah. sometimes it's it's in about meeting other people where they are. Oh, girl. Okay. You know, you can't necessarily <laughs> yep. run up onto them like a mm -hmm. bull in a china shop mm -hmm. as much as you want to because we are so far, much farther out yeah. right. than they are right. sometimes. And sometimes you have to start the conversation in a different place mm. and realize that they take a little bit more time mm. to get there. And their mm. changes aren't like huge paradigm shifting changes every time it's like these small incremental changes right. mm -hmm. that start right. to happen right it's hard and, and there are times when I do get exhausted and there are times that I do get frustrated and there are times that are incredibly demoralizing mm. but then there are some amazing wins that you get every now and again where you from my job I get to see someone get staffed or see yes. someone get an episode yeah. and it's incredibly rejuvenating or and I also take time to be with other people who look like me. And yeah. I find mm. that there's a lot of healing that goes on with that. There's just something where you get to relax for a second yeah. and not have to worry about sometimes how you say something, not take care of a, someone else's mm. yes. feelings all the time, and they just get you. Yeah. And that just revives me, you know? So I think sometimes you have to find your little happy place. Mm. I made a choice to put boundaries around my existence to say, I can't change other people. I can't change their negative energy. I can't change how they act. Um, but I can change how I react to that. Mm -hmm. And I can change how I accept and, and or don't accept that. I like to tell my kids, you know, don't pick up other people's trash. Mm. You know, mm. leave that stuff mm. where it is. Yes. Walk away from it. That's their issue. Sometimes they're having a bad day. Sometimes that's just who they are. Mm -hmm. And if you can find a workaround and go to other people to get the information that you need, uh, which is what I do a lot. Yeah. I had to find mm. in every job a way to get what I needed for myself and sometimes sidestep some of the difficult people who come at you all the time with just 
their their fears and their negativity yeah. and their bad energy and one of our other um, interviewees, Katie, was talking to us about emotional intelligence. Kadi, yeah. sorry. Kati, okay. How much do you feel like that plays into what you do and, um, you know, connecting with people? And how do you build that? When you come into a room and you're known as the diversity girl, mm-hmm. it's you come in already with people's backs are up already. So you have to find a way of diffusing that. You have to find a way of giving them what they need mm. in bite-sized chunks. Because here's the thing. Everyone is overworked. Everyone, if you're a creative executive, you are, you have a meeting every hour on the hour. Mm-hmm. Your whole day, there's virtually no time for you to even read the scripts that you're supposed to read and watch the cuts and, you know, watch the the new talent, you know, the, the videos from the new talent. It's so hard. Yeah. And, and having been on that side, I realize that. And so I say, look, I can't give them a laundry list of people, even though there might be 20 people who are perfectly capable of doing the job, I'm going to give them two. I'm going to give them three. I'm going to try to cut it down so that it's, I'm a value add to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they see me coming and they go, oh, here's a solution, not here's another problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. good, Kelly. That's That's what I try to do. I I learned so much. And then you try, you try (laughs) to really connect on a personal basis and take them to lunch and get to know them and, you know, try to figure out what are the common pieces of your background that you can really build upon build yeah. a relationship upon that's not easy yeah. speaking of the lunches because this is in the, <laughs> i know lots of people kind of want to know how you know th- this is tough because you go speak on a panel and you're going to get bombarded and people are like she said she takes people to lunch you're going to take me <laughs> so one how do you navigate that and then also something else that i appreciate you is you are definitely a tough love person mm. in the sense of being very very honest she has hurt my feelings for <gasps> plays that i've taken oh. her to and she was like, you can never suggest another play. Um, so how do you, you, you do it so well that you are both really honest with people about how to improve and, um, but, it, but it's tough um, and also loving so that they don't feel completely rejected or that they, you know, that they're never going to be able to work again. Like, how do you wow. um, walk that Well, line? I've been told I'm scary. This, this new <laughs> class, this new class of writers that we're working with now told me I was scary. What? And I thought that's so interesting because I never thought of myself as scary. Yeah. But it's, it's because tough. you tell the truth. You do. Exactly. That's the scary, scary thing. That, that can be scary. Yeah. I, I know. I also do recognize that sometimes my approach can be a little you know I can be a little much I think you know I'm always on turbo I'm always on high well, no, no, tell us so yeah. that, what does that mean like what does that look like you're just high energy or I think you, so yeah. I mean I think that um I did go through the Sundance program yes which but while I was about. in the Sundance program I'm still getting my MFA from Emerson oh wow yes. in screenwriting <laughs> while I'm doing my job. Yes. And so people usually go, well, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> when everybody else is going to the gym at 5.30 in the yeah. morning, I'm on my computer. I've skipped the gym. Right. But I'm still, I'm working constantly. Yeah. And I feel like that's my resting speed. Hey, y'all, you're listening to Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and Fanchin Cox. Join our community. We're on Twitter at Sister Brunch and Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. We'll be right back. Do you 
said something earlier about having a dream yeah. and I feel like in this industry you can have multiple dreams oh yeah, and they yeah. Can yes. manifest and 100%. so I think it's really interesting that you have made it to you know you've accomplished so many things and created so much so many platforms for for us to take part in and now you're kind of going moving to another dream which yeah. is really exciting so I, I like, kind of look yeah. at it as sliding doors yeah where I was on a writer track and I put it on pause mm -hmm. yeah and it pursued a different Gwyneth Paltrow track <laughs> and you I got, I got on all the, of them thank you and I got on the other train uh, yes. and I ended up in this different life mm -hmm. which yeah. I love and I yep. think I needed that path in order to show me so many things yes. so many things I got a a ton of opportunities to stretch myself as a human being. Yeah. And I've always, throughout my entire career, always gone to writing classes or groundlings to perfect my ability yeah. to talk to writers. Yeah. Yes. And that was really the goal, is to, to be able to keep current with the language and keep current with what the trends are and keep mm -hmm. current. Because comedy in particular changes so much mm. and the business changes so much. And so it was a chance for me to really um, to, to do also do things that I loved in my spare time. So I was always writing something. Whether it was short stories or, or some sort of script, you know, I was writing for myself, but I wasn't showing anyone. Mm. And mm. I had this interesting um, moment where I had written a script. I had actually dreamt a script, an entire script from start to finish. This was okay. in April, twenty seventeen. Okay. Uh, I got up and I just trans transcribed it. Mm. And oh, just wow. wrote it out wow. and I sh showed it to a friend. Again, yes. something I'd never do. And he said, this is great. He said, it's not a movie, though. It's a, it's a TV show. And so I started to work on this TV yes. show idea. And I s showed it to a couple of friends, not a lot of people. And I got some great notes. And some, so I decided that I was then going to apply to grad school and see if I got in. Yes. Now here's what's interesting. So, so we'll I see if I got in. Do, 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 do we hear all of the accolades? <laughs> and speaking of impo we don't have time for that. Kelly. Okay, right, right. <laughs> right? Well, but yes. Okay. No, part I of hear it too you. Yes, was yes. I was I'm working for HBO. They are very generous with their you know with their mm -hmm. uh, development college. Yeah, yeah. With their they'll support you. So they were going to pay for. 80% of my wow. education. Yes. So I thought, well, let me just do yes. this. I always wanted to do it. And I always wanted to be able to have a, a career if I wanted to at the college, teaching at the college level. Yes. And I didn't want the degree to stand in my way. Yeah. So I knew I wanted an MFA. So I decided, well, now's a good time. My kids were going to school. Everyone was in college. And I had an empty house for mm -hmm. the first time. <laughs> so I applied. Um, I thought I had applied to two colleges. I'd only applied to one. Emerson was my first choice. I got in, thankfully. Oh there was goodness. no need for a second choice. <laughs> Uh, and I loved it, loved the process, yes. loved the program, yes. loved everything about it. And part of the program is they encourage you to apply to things. So it's film festivals or right. whatever it is, yes. they encourage you to apply. And I thought, well, okay. And my friend, again, Rose Catherine Pinkney, the person that I met early on in my yes. career, said, why don't you apply to Sundance? And I went, wow, okay. Yeah. So I apply and, you know, the application takes a minute, so you yeah. apply. <laughs> Um, and then I didn't hear anything and I thought, okay, well, no harm, no foul. Mm. No one's going to know. <laughs> It'll be my own little fresh hell. <laughs> <Right>. My <laughs> own little fresh hell. 
But that's a very important point. You should apply. You should try. You should sure. just try. Hundred yeah, percent. Why not? It's, it's free, free to do it. Like, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and also uh, to point out that application is extremely long and detailed. And if even if you are learning screenwriting and want to know what programs look for, mm. and you understand what you have to know as a writer to apply to programs like that, it's also great just as a learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you already knew. They were. I, I think <laughs> you I had did. A, you already knew. I well, having run my own, I knew how to put it on the page yeah i think so beginning of august i get a call that i'm a finalist yeah that's amazing and then when i finally found out that i got in i was terrified yeah mm -hmm. and excited at the mm -hmm. same time yeah yeah and but I realized that everyone was going to know my secret. Yeah. <laughs> everyone was going to know. Yeah. But then I is, what always, a great way to know. I, I mean, know, like, right? I by the way, I'm a writer and I'm going to Sunday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's I thought, beautiful. you know, now it's no longer going to be my little. And I'm constantly counseling people saying, it's okay to have your dream, have your dream, and start to speak that. You yeah. know, if you want to be a writer, don't say, yes. I want to be a writer or an aspiring writer. You are a writer. Yes. And just yes. own it. And I'm. Yes constantly telling people that and I wasn't telling myself that mm -hmm. because I thought I was believing the old thing of you have to be in a lane and you're you stay Take in your lane, lane. Right. Yeah. right and what were people going to think if if the person who's running the programs is going to actually be in a program but getting in that program was life-changing yeah. the reason it's so great is a it is validation yeah. b when you get to Sundance and you are sitting and people are talking to you as a creator mm -hmm. yes. as opposed to an executive I I liken it to feeling as though I was in the right skin for the first time. Yes. It just felt right. Oh. Yeah. And they put you through the paces. The mentors and the advisors are just brilliant, the most brilliant people. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sitting up there with Graham Yost, who I, I literally, the last Graham. day he was there, I had to confess to them that I've probably seen Speed I mean, if I've seen them 400 times, I, I'm, I mean, I might be exaggerating with 400 times, but literally every single time it's on, I own it. I watch it all the time. I'm just uh, obsessed with that yeah. film. The way that they do their program is it's they have the creative advisors come in, and then when they, once they leave and once you've cried your eyes out at the final ceremony with them, you, you have a, a chance to be with the executives. And mm -hmm. they, they bring in all these amazing executives, very, very high-level executives, from across the industry and you have to pitch your show that you were just breaking down yes. into pieces with them you have to pitch your show um, as, as if you've got a, like a brain in your head at that point and right. uh, and the feedback process begins and it's an amazing conversation that you have on a whole so another level mm. and at the very end they talk to you about next steps and how to move you forward so I'm still in that place right Wait, now. Wait, was it weird for you to go to the execs that knew you the, as an exec? Oh, and yes. they're like, oh, and How hi, I'm that? Kelly. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, well, we know you. because yeah, That yeah. must have been crazy. It is because when I was producing, sure, I'd go into people that I knew and I'd sit there and I'd do the wind up. Yeah. And then I'd hand it off to the writer and the writer would pour their heart mm -hmm. out and pitch and then we'd follow up and see if we got a show or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But this is, you are really putting yourself out there yes. in a lot of ways because it's you but I did learn some very valuable lessons, one of which being when I had to pitch the first time, I had to re reconstitute the pilot that we just we just sort of um, decimated. <laughs> and I pitched it, and I pitched it to, I'm going to call it a cold room. So mm. it was, I didn't get a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. But it was the best thing that I could have gotten yep. because then I got to pitch it to a second room. 
and I was able to make adjustments. Yes. And knowing mm-hmm. for myself that I could make those adjustments, yeah. find some new jokes, mm-hmm. be a little bit more personal. Like mm-hmm. I really took it to a much more personal level. Um, and that seemed to really work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Hi, Chris she's is waving at us. Hi, how are you? Oh, she's got a five on it. I think that means five minutes. Oh, no, we want to keep you forever. Okay. Uh, so, okay, we're going to skip to our closing questions and then we might add in some questions after that we could cut into previous. Okay, anyway, <laughs> and Mizania is going to take it away. Oh, no, it's just like a lot of the people we hope to reach are people that aren't here, or are trying to find a way in this industry and, and discover the different jobs and things. And so you came up through a very interesting route that a lot of our people that we've talked to haven't even touched. So sure. what is um, some wisdom you would impart on those of us listening? This business so changes so quickly Mm -hmm. that I'm saying to people now nobody knows nothing so go pitch yourself you're a subject matter expert in something Mm -hmm. create something Mm -hmm. that you want and go pitch it to someone because I guarantee you there's so many jobs out there my job didn't exist at HBO someone had was doing it as a consultant but when I went in and had a general meeting with Shirley Black Mm. um, she was talking about all these things that they wanted to do in diversity and I said that's I want that job and she said look there is no job and I said, but I want that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she says, oh, well, I'll introduce you to, again, Connections. I'll introduce you to my boss. Ultimately, I did 11 interviews Jeez. with that company. Wow. But nine interviews later, there was a job. So that's number one. I like to say that you can find any job in entertainment that you can find in the real world. Uh-huh. Doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Pick it. True. Yeah. Insurance. True. Yeah. It, it all exists. Right. Within, so this, true. Yeah. within Inside, the system. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah. a, a shoemaker, we need shoes. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, that's so true. That's such yeah. a good point. So yeah. you just come ask the question, you know, and we need you. We need people yes. to show up because yes. we, we don't exist without you know, new life's blood. Yeah. Those are my thank you. Tips. Do you see oh, why we love tips. her so much? She's we love awesome. you, Kelly Edwards. And thank I love you. you. Too. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank yes. you. We're for so glad to have you on. Yeah. We're honored that you were yeah. here. Thank um, you both. Yeah. yeah. It was thank wonderful. You, okay. Thank, thank you. Bye. That's it. Thanks for listening to Sister Brunch. I'm Anya Adams. And I'm Fanchon Cox. Join us next time. Yeah. I'm executive producer Christabel Nsiabwadi. We really hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday. Look out for it then and be sure to subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our show producer is Brittany Turner. Visit our website, we're at sisterbrunch.com and join our community of creators. We're on Twitter at Sisterbrunch on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast, and we're on Facebook on facebook.com forward slash Sister Brunch Podcast. We'll see you next time.